Well, good morning, everyone. It's a real privilege to be able to share in our series on the Lord's Prayer. We've had a real emphasis on prayer this year so far in the Hub Church, and we're looking specifically at the Lord's Prayer in Matthew's Gospel, also recorded in Luke's Gospel. But we've been looking at it from Matthew's Gospel, and I'll read that in just a moment. But isn't it great that God's got us in this season of prayer, particularly at this time? And I've really enjoyed the messages that Nancy and then Matt have given over the last couple of weeks. And it's a real privilege for me to share this third session, looking at your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So let's have a look at Matthew chapter six from verse nine. Do say this prayer with me. If you know it, feel free. If you don't know it, just to listen. But this is what it says in Matthew 6 from verse 9, Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread Forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then over the years, it's added in, for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So in the first week of looking at the Lord's Prayer, a couple of weeks ago, Nancy looked at the first part, our Father in heaven, recognising that as we pray, we approach a Father who's in heaven, who loves us dearly. And then Matt shared last week about hallowed be your name, how we come before God with worship, thanksgiving, adoration, as we come before him to pray. And then this week, your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I love that picture of on earth as it is in heaven, recognising that those first parts of the Lord's Prayer, the fact that God our Father is in heaven, the fact that he is worshipped in heaven, the fact that his kingdom is established in heaven, the fact that his will is being done in heaven, all those things happening right now in heaven, we want to see happen here on earth. Isn't it right so often that we don't think your kingdom come, your will be done? So often we, in our humanity, are thinking my kingdom come, my will be done. That seems to be our default so much of the time. When we think about that, my kingdom, my will, maybe we think about wealth or fame or power or our preferences of how things should be done. We want to enforce our will, how we think things should be done so often. And of course, there's nothing wrong if God's called you to maybe have wealth or or power or maybe be well known. That's okay if that's what God's called you to. But the focus here is not about our will and what we want. It's about what God's will is and what he wants and if that's what God's wanting for us then we need to go with it but let's not make it our kingdom and our will let's keep focused on it being his kingdom and his will and then we won't go too far wrong 
Isn't it incredible how Jesus shows his humanity so clearly in Luke chapter 22 in the Garden of Gethsemane? We looked at this over the Easter period just a few weeks ago, but how Jesus, who was about to go to the cross and was about to suffer so badly, he came before God in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was sweating drops of blood. The capillaries of the forehead so near to the skin can sweat blood in times of real anguish. And that's what Jesus did. He didn't want to go through with the suffering. He didn't want to go through with the brutal death that he knew he was going to have to go through. He cried out to his father one last time, Lord, if there's any other way, for this to be achieved other than me having to go to the cross, then please, could it be done? But yet, not what I want, not my will, but what you want, your will, speaking to his father. I really believe that it's the mark of a mature disciple, a mature follower of Jesus, that we have that sense of, it's not about what I want, it's about what you want, Lord. Maybe right now is a moment just to reflect. Are you growing in your discipleship in that sense? How often do you say, yeah, but I want this to happen or this is what I want in this situation. And are you growing in your desire to want to go with God's way and God's will? I really admire believers, followers of Jesus who, who have really grasped that. And you can just see it as they talk that they're not interested in what they want. They've got a mindset. They've almost trained themselves to go with what God wants. And that's the first thing that springs to their mind. Is that you? Do you need to grow in that area? I mentioned believers and followers just a few seconds ago. And I think there's a really interesting distinction here between a believer and a follower. A believer acknowledges the existence of God. They've submitted their claim for eternal life. They've, they've believed on Jesus. They've done what it says in, in the book of Romans in the New Testament. They've believed with their heart, they've confessed with their mouth that they will be saved. And I believe they will be saved. And, and I totally believe in deathbed conversions where the people have a revelation of God right at their last and they give their life to Jesus and they will be saved. That's clear in my mind. I believe that totally. But why settle for that? Why settle for just being a believer and just having this belief in God? And yes, going along to church on a Sunday or listening into church as we are at the moment. And yes, doing the kind of the, the Christian things and, and, and yes, you know, going with that and 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 doing that but why why settle for that why settle for sitting through Sunday meetings because you believe that's the right thing to do but really your mind's more on your lunch than it is about what's happening in the meeting why settle for that let's not just be believers with a belief in God that does pretty little to to change us why not be a follower why not be willing to lay your life down to follow Jesus? Why not be willing to say, actually, I'm not living for myself anymore? Because that's what a true follower of Jesus does. They decide that I'm not going to live for me anymore. I'm living 
for God, it's his kingdom, it's his will that's most important to me. A follower hears the call of Jesus to leave everything behind and follow him. The Apostle Paul was a man who wrote a large part of the New Testament. And he says this in Galatians chapter two. He says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If you're following Jesus, then you've died to yourself. You don't live for yourself anymore. Your life is hidden with Christ. You're seated right now in heavenly realms with Christ Jesus. You're a citizen of heaven. This is not your final destination here on earth. You belong to heaven. Yes, a new heaven and a new earth is awaiting, but you're not just living for earthly things. You're living for the things of God. You're a citizen of heaven. I want to look, I've just mentioned about the Apostle Paul in in Galatians chapter two, and I want to read something else of what the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians chapter one and from verse 20. He says this, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For, For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it's more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. Isn't that powerful to say, if I'm going to go on living, then this is going to mean fruitful labour for me. I actually would love to depart in many ways and be with Christ. It is better by far. But I'm called here, I believe Paul's saying, for a purpose. I'm called here to live for Christ. And and Paul's very clear that his calling is to spread the gospel. For me to live is Christ. For me to live is all about Jesus, not living for myself, not my kingdom, not my will, but his kingdom, his will. I'm here to live for him. But dying is gain because I get to be with Christ and live in paradise forever. Wouldn't it be great if we all had that attitude of saying, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm going to go on living, it's fruitful labour. That's the purpose of me living for Christ, not for myself, but for him. I've been reading a book recently called The God Chasers by a man called Tommy Tenney. I know some of you will have read it before. It's quite an old book. 
but it talks about God moving and its key message is around us having to die to ourselves and us having to lay down the things we want if we want to see God's glory come in our land. Right at the end of the book, Tommy Tenney says this, salvation is a free gift, but God's glory will cost us everything. Salvation is a free gift, but God's glory will cost us everything. Guys, we've got a choice. We can just be a believer. We can just put our faith in him and yes, we'll get to heaven, I believe. But if we want to see God's glory fill our land, if we want to see God's spirit poured out, if we want to see many people come to faith in him, if we want to see creation restored, if we want to see godly values fill our land, if we want to see our government, I'm passionate about this, to see our government turn to Christ and particularly in a time like now, call our nation to prayer. I pray for that almost every day that that would happen. If we want to see God's glory poured out, then we can't just be believers. We can't just have a, a faith in, in, in there being a God and it not making a difference in our lives. We need to be willing to say, I'm not living for myself anymore. I'm laying down the things, the earthly things, my preferences, my will, building my kingdom. And I want your kingdom, Lord. I want your will, Lord, to be done. It's going to cost us if we want to see God move in our generation, in our time. It will mean living on our knees in prayer and humility. It will mean taking part in prayer initiatives like we have this weekend. It will mean maybe getting up at two, three, four in the morning. Well done if that was you this morning. And praying on our knees, not out of religious duty, but out of a desire to say it's not about me. It's all about you. It will mean holding everything we have lightly, being generous with all that we have. It will mean not giving in to the enemy's temptations. It will mean surrendering our preferences and seeking his kingdom first. And the word says that if we do seek his kingdom first, then all other things will be added to us. God will sort the rest out if we seek his kingdom first. About 11 or so years ago, we as a family, it was just Tracy and I and our daughter Lydia at the time, but we moved from Southampton to Basingstoke. We had just moved house. We just had Lydia. She was only a few months old when we moved. And if I'm honest, I didn't want to go. God was speaking, God was uprooting us, but I was very established in Southampton. I had lots of friends, I enjoyed work. In Southampton, I was very involved with the church. God had moved powerfully in my life through the church in Southampton. And it was a great church and I'd been involved in leadership and I was very settled there. I didn't want to go. I was probably doing a bit of a Jonah and resisting what God was saying. But it became clear that it was right to move to Basingstoke. And so I have to admit, pretty reluctantly, I moved. 
but God had a plan. And I was talking to someone, a senior leader within our Salt and Light International Network a few days ago, who just told me that they've been praying for a family to move to Basingstoke and to be able to become involved in leadership in Basingstoke. And this guy said to me, Andy, you, you guys were the answer to that prayer. And I don't want to in any way say that arrogantly or any way elevate ourselves through that. I just, it just was again, more confirmation to say that actually God was speaking to us and God was moving us. And despite my reluctance, God wanted us somewhere else. And we had to come to this point of saying, well, Lord, okay, not my will, not my kingdom, but your will, your kingdom. I had to come to that place. And I found the first few years of living in Basingstoke tough. I didn't find it easy at all. I was working shift work in the police and, and, and unable to regularly commit to a small group because of that. And, and with a young family, there's lots of circumstances that meant it was just difficult to get to know people, difficult to get settled in BCCs here in Basingstoke. But God had spoken and we had to respond. And even though I had some reluctance, God had a plan and, and I had to submit to that plan and say, okay, God, we'll go with it. I've told that story before, I think, at a meeting in Hub. So sorry if you've heard that before, but just very aware that people have joined us recently, people who may be watching online who haven't been to any of our services before. I hope that story just encourages you a little bit to know that even though it may not fit in with our will or our preferences, if God's speaking, then there's, there is a need for us to respond. Could I encourage you just to spend a few moments today, maybe this afternoon, maybe this evening, maybe before you go to bed, just considering, Lord, what are you saying to me? Is there something you're saying that doesn't fit in with how I would like it done, but yet you're speaking and you want me to respond? Maybe spend a few moments today considering that. Just as I finish, I want to share just a few of Jesus' own words from Matthew chapter 16. He said this, Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Let me just encourage you this morning, if you're holding on too tightly, if God's speaking to you and you're maybe resisting a little bit, maybe trying to say, but Lord, this doesn't fit in with this or this doesn't fit in with that. Maybe just today, lay it down. Maybe today and in the days, weeks, months and years to come, just be willing to say, Lord, I'm willing to lose my life for your sake. I'm willing to say, not my kingdom, not my will, but your kingdom, your will. Let me just encourage us right now just to spend a few seconds. Do do what I've 
encourage you to do later and spend maybe a bit more time in prayer. But right now, let's just spend about 30 seconds in his presence. Just allow God to speak to you. Just allow the Holy Spirit to lay on your heart whatever he's saying to you right now. Father, thank you for your presence with us by your spirit right now. And Lord, we want to be a people who say, not my kingdom, not my will, but your kingdom, your will be done. It's being done in heaven, may it be done in earth as well. Lord, help us as a church and as individuals to have that mindset to say it's all about you. I've died to myself, to my preferences, and I'm living for you. Let what you want to happen, happen, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm just going to hand over to Bob, who's going to lead us in just a final song that is a song based on the Lord's Prayer. Maybe use this as an opportunity to respond as well, as we consider our fathers and who is in heaven as we consider our worshipful grateful approach to him and as we consider your kingdom come your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven thank you mm-hmm.